Greetings and welcome to this episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on www.vhha.com and on many popular podcast hosting sites, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. And with that, today we're pleased to say that we're joined by Dr. Daniel Lewis, who is the Chief Medical Officer at Ballot Health Greenville Community Hospital in Tennessee. Dr. Lewis contracted COVID-19 in March and was hospitalized more than a month after becoming seriously ill. We're going to chat with him about that experience in just a moment, but first, welcome to the program, Dr. Lewis. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Well, as I said, uh, we really appreciate you being with us, and we're glad that you're on the mend. And so I want to get right into your story. From what I've read and seen, it sounds like you went through a pretty harrowing experience after contracting COVID-19 in March, if I understand correctly. So what can you share about that ordeal in terms of your symptoms, your treatment, and the physical challenges you dealt with? Yes, sir. Well, as you mentioned, I was exposed to COVID in mid-March 2020 and came down with symptoms around the end of March, on March 27th or so. I had a few days at home where I managed symptoms and really had a significant fever and some actually gastrointestinal stress, myalgias, muscle aches more than anything else at that time. Then around April 1st, we can have increasing shortness of breath enough to the point where I felt like I needed to go to the hospital. Went to my local facility here, Greenville Community Hospital, and checked in there. Was treated very well, and then was transferred to uh, the alternative care unit or to the COVID unit at John City Medical Center later in the day on April 1st. Just as we were trying to cohort COVID patients at that time, and that's where I spent the next month, uh, where I received treatment and primarily supportive care. I was ventilated for 10 days. Spent about a week recovering from ICU delirium, and then a couple weeks getting ready to move to rehab, which I did on May 2nd, and finally got to come home on May the 9th. I wonder, from your perspective as a caregiver, what lessons did you learn from being on the other end of the dynamic, from being a patient and having to be the recipient of care as opposed to the person rendering care? That definitely was a different perspective for me and one that I had not really had the opportunity to experience in my life. Blessedly, I've been fairly healthy and not really been in the hospital or had any other significant illnesses prior to this occurrence. So that was completely different for me, and it really you know, allowed me to gain a whole other perspective. I always felt as if I had a, a lot of respect for the hospital care team, for the nurses, the CNAs, the physical therapists and speech therapists, and just the entirety of the team uh, from radiology and lab and all the way through that took care of patients. But to really see them dedicating themselves to me, particularly when I had an infectious disease that could be life-threatening for them, but yet to see them, just the quality of care that they provided and their willingness to step into the breach whenever maybe with whatever need I had, irrespective of the potential damage that they could suffer themselves from that, was really just quite awesome and inspiring to see and really gave me a a newfound level of respect for uh, the caregivers and that. The medical staff also was just wonderful and willing to consult with me from my position, but also to assume care for me, and and they just did a wonderful job. I can't speak highly enough, but it certainly did change my perspective on that relationship. And that's a great point just about the risk and the exposure that so many of these frontline healthcare heroes, these caregivers, really were presented with in responding to the patient needs and the treatment needs that they were dealing with. Absolutely. Because of the risk of community spread, you also had to deal, as a patient, you also had to deal with the isolation that many COVID patients experience due to visitor restrictions, which means you were unable to see family or friends 
during the 32 days you were hospitalized, and you didn't see, as I understand, your family in person until May. I imagine that that was a pretty emotional factor in addition to the physical ordeal that you went through. Can you talk about that isolation and that process as a patient? Yes, it certainly was very difficult, and one that I obviously understood was necessary and and supported, but yet it it didn't make it any easier to to tolerate, per se. So I really had began the process of distancing myself from my family even prior to my getting ill, secondary to the risk just thereof and the work that I do. But after from the time I was hospitalized until I was moved to rehab on May 2nd, I didn't see my family at all, unless it was via Skype or a video call. And I spent much of the time in the hospital, you know, either ventilated or in a delirious state. So for two weeks, I really had no contact with them whatsoever, which was difficult on me, but also difficult on them. Again, I can't say enough good things about the staff um, of the hospital and the medical staff, both who made sure that they kept my wife connected and talked to her a couple times a day about my prognosis, about how things were going. But even after I became more alert and aware, you know, not being able to uh, do anything but talk with them via phone or, I say, via Skype or video, which was great technology, but certainly wasn't uh, the same as being there with them, holding their hand, getting to touch them. I got to see them on May 2nd briefly as I went to rehab, but that was just from a distance and I couldn't touch them then. And really, it was exhilarating to finally get my hands on them You know, a week later when I came home. And as you mentioned, sir, you're relatively young and healthy in your early 40s. What should mm-hmm. the severity of the symptoms that you experience tell other people about how serious this virus is and why it's so important to take safety precautions, whether it's social distancing or mask wearing in public or frequent hand washing? Certainly. And yeah, I was, as you mentioned, I was relatively healthy. I you know, had some pre-existing blood pressure issues, but I really had those diet controlled. I'd lost probably 20, 25 pounds over the previous year. I'd been going to the gym three times a week with my son, working out and walking three to five miles weekly um, at the time that I contracted COVID. And it struck me quite severely. I also was uh, overweight and, you know, that also is a risk factor. And, you know, we're finding more and more issues that may be related to risk for COVID. But even without that, there are relatively healthy people who have significant illness and there are others that thankfully don't suffer that same level of disease. It appears if about 20% of the population gets fairly significant symptoms and 10% of the total population may require hospitalization. But we really can't predict that at this point given the COVID. It's all dependent on your body and your response. So even if you don't have the common risk factors that we may consider, such as respiratory issues, diabetes, blood pressure, cardiovascular issues, the virus can be very uh, significant for those populations. And I'm a testimony and a walking example of that. And we're glad to hear you're back on your feet and back to work now. How long have you been back to work and what's that transition back to being a chief medical officer and working in hospital administration been like for you? So it's been fantastic. Um, and again, I can't say nothing good about the health system, about the support that they gave me through that time. But I returned home on May the 9th and called up my physician around May 13th and was cleared at that time to start returning back to work. Again, given the current restrictions on meetings and things, many of our meetings and things are occurring via telephone call or you know via Zoom or Skype or WebEx. So I can participate in those uh, from home as well. So they, the system's been great to allow me to be in the hospital some and also to work some from home. I built up to about 80% of my previous uh, schedule at this point. I'm working about 32 hours a week. I still also see patients, and I return to patient care June 1st. And so I'm entering, kind of completing my second month of caring for patients again. And I'm back to about a 75-80% schedule in that regard as well. So you know, it's been a blessing to get back into the routine and, and to get back to the, the work that I really dedicated my life to and um, allow that to be part of my recovery. And it's been very important for me to get back to that. So I'm very happy about that. 
Well, that is good to hear. And, and as I said, we're really glad that you are back on your feet and back doing something that is both helpful to the public and patients, but also something that you're passionate about. So before we go, I have a few other questions for you, Dr. Lewis, to give listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. The first one, sir, is this. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think the best piece of advice I would say in the current time is that we should listen to understand and not to reply. Okay. And the next question I have for you, sir, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your last day on Earth, what would you want your last meal to be? I probably would want to have chicken and dumplings with creme brulee for dessert. That sounds pretty tasty. And then finally, if you were stranded on a deserted island... What one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Oh, my goodness. I was going to say the Bible. So when you gave me that one, that ends up taking that one off the table. Okay. So as far as a movie, it would have to be Cast Away with Tom Hanks, I guess, just given the environment I'd be in. Maybe just learn, maybe some, learn some lessons there. about maybe how to learn, get off the island. Learn some lessons about that and utilize that. Um, book. Hmm. Think You're welcome probably. to default to the Bible if you like. That's fine. Yeah, well, no, I have that one. Let's say probably a uh, a John Grisham book. Let's say A Time to Kill. I hadn't read that one in a long time. Be a good one to get back into. And then what was the third item? Album is the third one. An album. Uh, that would have to be Garth Brooks' Double Live. you ever seen garth brooks in concert about three times okay very good well listen i appreciate you sharing that information with us and i also appreciate you taking us through a challenging experience in your life it's good for people in the broader public to get an understanding that uh, as you said this virus impacts different people different ways but it can have very serious health complications for those that are stricken with serious symptoms from this. So it's really good to get that perspective. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And again, we want to thank our guest today, Dr. Daniel Lewis, the Chief Medical Officer at Ballot Health Greenville Community Hospital, for being with us and sharing his story. So thanks, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. 